Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. Out of respect to God's holy word, I ask all of those who are able to please stand. Our first lesson comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Listen to the word of the Lord. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anoth, in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. And through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out His hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down and destroy and overthrow and to build and plant. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I invite you to stand as we read together the gospel lesson for today. The gospel lesson for today is found in the gospel according to Luke, fourth chapter, beginning at verse 21, we read through verse 30. Luke, fourth chapter, 21 through 30. Let us together listen for and hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to them, what you have just heard me read has come true today. All of the people started talking about Jesus and were amazed at the wonderful things he said. They kept on asking, isn't he Joseph's son? Jesus answered, you will certainly want me to tell this saying. Doctor, first make yourself well. You will tell me to do the same things here in my own hometown that you heard I did in Capernaum. But you can be sure that no prophets are liked by the people in their own hometown. Once, during the time of Elijah, 
There was no rain for three and a half years, and the people everywhere were starving. There were many widows in Israel, but Elijah was sent only to a widow in this town of Zarephath, near the city of Sion. During the time of the prophet Elisha, many men in Israel had leprosy, but no one was healed except Naaman, who lived in Syria. When the people in the meeting place heard Jesus say this, they became so angry that they got up and threw him out of town. They dragged him to the edge of the cliff on which the town was built because they wanted to throw him down from there. But Jesus slipped away through the crowd and he got away. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I would want to offer to you my thanks and appreciation for your kind words of welcome and for allowing me this opportunity to share with you. I would also like to thank those from Carver Heights who are here in support of me today. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Almighty God, unless you build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Thank you for this time of preaching. Thank you for this moment. Speak to me and speak through me so that the words that I shall speak might not be mine own, but pray that they might be ordered by you. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts together, may they be found acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Help me please preach a sermon entitled, Yes, You Can. Turn to your neighbor, if you don't mind, and tell them, Yes, You Can. Yes, You Can. Help me preach, please. One day, Charlie Brown, with whom we are all very familiar, Charlie Brown was talking to his friend Linus. He was talking to Linus about his perceived inadequacy, the sense of inadequacy he feels all the time. Charlie, with this look on his face, turned, Linus with this look on his face, turned to Charlie and moaned, you see Linus, it goes all the way back to the very beginning. You see, the moment I was born and set foot on the stage of life, they took one good look at me, and they said, he is not right for the part. He is not right for the part. It would appear, my sisters and brothers, that like Linus, Jeremiah, the prophet at the center of today's Old Testament reading, he also felt as if he was not right for the part. Jeremiah, the prophet whose cause serves as our Old Testament scripture reading for today, Jeremiah was a member of the Levite tribe, 
living in Judah before it fell into the hands of the Babylonians. He was a descendant of priests, with his grandfather having served in the temple and his father serving as chief priest during the reign of King Josiah. As a member of the Levite tribe, the priestly tribe, and as a descendant of priests, Jeremiah would have been familiar with the priestly role and functions, and he perhaps even looked forward to the day when he himself would fulfill his own priestly role. He longed to be a priest following in his father and his grandfather's footsteps. You could therefore imagine his surprise one day when quite out of the blue, he received a call from God not to be a priest, but to be a prophet. As a priest, his role and responsibilities were clearly delineated in the books of the law. But as a prophet, his role was very unpredictable. As a priest, he knew he would be supported by the temple sacrifices and by the offerings that were received. But as a prophet, there was no guaranteed income. It is into this context that Jeremiah was called to speak to the people predicting that their country was about to be destroyed. It didn't require a degree in political science to conclude that Babylon was on the verge of invading his nation. Indeed, for years, prophets had been warning Israel of this impending doom. But instead of changing course, instead of doing something different, a series of weak, ineffective kings had only made things worse. Now, the hammer was about to fall. The enemy was literally standing on their doorsteps. Soon and very soon, the voices of distraught mothers would be heard screaming as they watched their sons trampled over by the Babylonian war machine. Soon, soon and very soon, fathers would be forced to stand and watch as their young Innocent sons and daughters were shackled as cattle and carted off as slaves to a foreign nation. Soon, Babylon would invade. He knew it. He heard God's call to him. But questioning his ability to communicate this tough message and, and feeling as if he were out of his league, Jeremiah began offering excuses. Listen to him. He says, Lord, you know me. You know that I don't speak well and I am but a child. Lord, you've called me, but, but, but you know that I am weak and, and you know that I'm nothing like a, but a child. Like Moses and like Isaiah before him, Jeremiah is reluctant. It is therefore to the son of a priest who is questioning his qualification as a prophet that Yahweh replies in these words. Jeremiah, God says, 
Don't tell me that you lack the requirements. Don't tell me that you lack the qualifications because you are not just a child. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. I'm trying to tell us, my sisters and brothers, that in today's text, when God heard Jeremiah crying, no, I can't, God said, yes, you can. Like the prophet in today's scripture reading, from time to time, many of us find ourselves struggling with deep, intrinsic feelings of incompetence and inadequacy. We all do. From time to time, we all feel incompetent. We all feel inadequate. Like the middle-aged woman whose husband walked away from their 25-year-old marriage as she lies in bed at night contemplating having to start over, she feels inadequate and she feels incompetent. The young brother recently laid off from his job as the car is repossessed and as the mortgage company begins foreclosure proceedings, he wakes up this morning feeling incompetent and inadequate. And the addict who keeps rotating in and out of rehab, but just cannot seem to overcome his deep internal demons, having used another of his paychecks to feed his addiction instead of taking care of his family's needs. He sits in an abandoned house this morning feeling inadequate and incompetent. It is to a people, therefore, just as we are, struggling with feelings of incompetence and inadequacy. A people who say, no, I can't. That I have stopped by this morning to say, yes, you can. You might convince yourself that you can't. Someone else might be trying to convince you that you cannot. But listen above the noises of the world. And hear God saying, yes, you can. What do I mean? To help you understand this theme, allow me to share with us two brief points. First, yes, you can is a reminder that God's plan cannot be limited by perceived human shortcomings. God's plan cannot be limited by perceived human shortcomings. Let me tell you what I mean. Let me, let me try to make it plain. Our text suggests that when he received his prophetic call, Jeremiah's response suggests that he was far from excited. When he received this call, he did not rush home and do cartwheels for his mom. Indeed, we find Jeremiah literally kicking and screaming. He kicked 
And he screamed, my sisters and brothers, because as he observed himself in the mirror, he could not help but conclude that he was not competent enough to fulfill the task he was called to perform. Sometimes when we look ourselves in the mirror, when we reflect on ourselves in the mirror of life, we all seem to believe that we are not competent enough to perform the task to which we are called. Jeremiah saw every defect. He noted every flaw. Knowing that he had some defects and aware that he had some flaws, Jeremiah believed that these defects and these flaws rendered him unworthy and disqualified him from performing the duties of the office to which he had been called. His defects and his flaws rendered him unworthy. When in verse 7, therefore, God said to him, you will go wherever I command you. When God spoke those words to Jeremiah, God was pointing out to this reluctant prophet that yes, you have some defects and yes, you have some flaws, but your defects and your flaws do not disqualify you from performing the task to which I called you. Your flaws and your defects do not disqualify you. I'm trying to tell us that our defects and our flaws cannot limit God's plan. First press, it is my belief that many of us struggle to respond to God's call because we are of the opinion that our flaws and our defects also render us unworthy. Our defects and our flaws also disqualify us. The divorced person that I know, the divorced brother, who despite the support and encouragement received from others, the divorced brother who has a hard time hearing God calling him to serve as an elder, he believes that as a result of his divorce, he is flawed and he has been rendered unworthy. The single, teenage single mother, with a soul-stirring voice, she walks by the church every single day, but refuses to darken its doors because she has a hard time believing that God is calling her to sing in the choir. She believes that her pregnancy, her teenage pregnancy, the child she had out of wedlock, that child has rendered her flawed and unworthy. And the high school dropout who has excelled at his job, he has a hard time applying for the open manager's position at his job because he feels 
his limited education renders him unworthy. It is so people, such as we are, who feel flawed and unworthy, that I have stopped by to say this morning, God's work is not limited by your flaws. God's work is not, my sisters and brothers, limited by your perceived lack of skills or gifts or abilities. Someone needs to remind us that Moses was flawed. He was a murderer, but guess what? God still used him. Someone needs to remind us that David was an adulterer. He was flawed, but, but God still used him. Someone needs to remind us that Rahab, she was a prostitute. She was flawed, but guess what? God still used her. I'm trying to tell us, my sisters and brothers, that flawed we might be, but God can still use us. When other people say no, God says yes. Yes, you can. First point, second point is this. Second point is this. Yes, you can is a reminder that those who are called by God are also equipped by him. When God calls us, God equips us. Let me tell you what I mean. According to our text, after listening to Jeremiah's complaints, after listening to Jeremiah's excuses, knowing that he needed to empower and reassure the reluctant prophet, God did something symbolic. Read a text. Verse 9 tells us this. Then God put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. It is my contention, my sisters and brothers, that by touching the prophet's mouth, by, by putting words into the prophet's mouth, God was assuring Jeremiah that he had all the tools that he needed to accomplish the task to which he was called. When God touched Jeremiah's mouth, God was equipping Jeremiah for the task he had been given. Sisters and brothers in Christ, it is my belief that just as God equipped the reluctant Jeremiah, God can equip us for the task to which he has called us. As we gather, here for worship on this, the last Sunday of the first month of this new year, God's people awaken this morning feeling ill-equipped to respond to the challenges all around us. Whether we choose to accept it or not, there's a sense in which we all feel ill-equipped. As war rages on in the Middle East, 
as thousands are killed and as millions are displaced, we hear God calling us to respond, but we feel ill-equipped and inadequate. What can we do? As technology advances at the speed of light and as the church continues to struggle to respond to a world that is transforming right before our very eyes, we hear God calling us as a church to respond, but we feel immobilized and we feel ill-equipped. We just don't know what it is that we should do. And as a married couple, endures another night of torture, as they watch everything they worked so hard for, as they watch everything come apart at the seams, they hear God calling them to save their families, but they remain in bondage because they, like many of us, they feel ill-equipped, unsure as to how to respond. List of people feeling ill-equipped not too sure how to respond, that I have stopped by to say, if God calls you to a task, he also equips you for that task. God called a stammering Moses, and God equipped him for his task. If God called a reluctant Gideon, God called a self-absorbed Samson. If God called them and equipped them for the task to which he called them, God can also equip us for the task to which he calls us. I believe that is what Scripture says when it meant when it says this. For what is impossible with man, guess what? It is possible with God. Yes, you can. It's a reminder that if God calls us to it, he equips us for it. That's my second point. I'll close. I'll close by telling you a story with which many of us are familiar. It's a story of a woman named Wilma Rudolph. Wilma, you remember, was the 20th of 22 children born to her parents. Even though she was born prematurely, and the doctors were convinced that she would not survive, somehow, Wilma Rudolph did. When she was four years old, you would have thought that she had gone through enough. But when she was four years old, you remember, she contracted pneumonia as well as scarlet fever. And the scarlet fever and the pneumonia left her with the left leg paralyzed. She learned to walk with the aid of a metal brace. And she walked with that metal brace, they say, for about six years. 
When she was nine years old, she removed the metal brace and she began trying to walk without it. By the age of 13, she had developed a rhythmic walk. She walked kind of funky. That same year, in her, her 13th year, she decided that she wanted to run. She entered the first race, her first race, and she came last. For the next three years, Wilma Rudolph came in last place for every race she ran. But Wilma Rudolph refused to give in. Eventually, this little girl who was not supposed to live, this little girl who was not supposed to be able to walk, you know the story. Wilma Rudolph ran and competed in the Olympic Games and she was a multiple gold winner at the Olympic Games. The doctors said, no, you can't. God says, yes, you can. Her parents said, no, you can't. God said, yes, you can. The Olympic Authority said, no, you can. God said, yes, you can. Somebody in this place this morning is hearing a voice saying, no, you can't. But God has allowed me to stop by here this morning and say, yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you. Even you. When the world says no, hear God saying, yes. Yes, you can. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.